This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Something really happened in my soul when Randy came through and in California. Um, we've seen so we don't know, thousands of healings here, I would have to say, over the last, when did we start that Sunday nights? Five years ago? Does that sound right? 2018 on my birthday, right? Yeah. So we've seen so many healings, but... Uh, I want this to be a house of healing because healing really matters to the Lord because he really cares about suffering people and the how many, how many of you have ever been afflicted physically okay we, we all have have you noticed that it is absolutely connected to your mind, your emotions, your soul. And the Lord understands the torment that uh, we go through. And there is healing found in the atonement. There's healing in Jesus. The first thing he does when he introduces himself as savior to Israel after they pass through the Red Sea is is introduce himself as, I am the Lord who heals you. He wanted them to know that off the bat. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful? He could have said, I'm a million other things. But he brings them through the Red Sea, which speaks of baptism from their houses covered in blood that speaks of salvation. Uh, then they're baptized into the cloud. This Paul writes... That's the baptism of the Spirit. And then he introduces himself as the Lord who heals them, present tense. I think that's a beautiful progression. We need the, first, the most important healing is the healing of the human heart and spirit that we come to know the Lord Jesus, right? Secondly, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. And isn't that how John the Baptist introduced Jesus? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, number one. Number two, I baptize you in water. One is coming after me who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. So we see the same order. And now the Lord himself introduces himself to his bride that he had betrothed himself to as the one who heals them. And so how many of you walked in tonight with a physical with sickness, a disease, a pain, an injury, something you need to go in your body. Would you just lift your hand? Okay, so many of you. I want to say that Jesus cares. He cares deeply. And he is not the type of God to look at the suffering of his children with a cold heart. Um, so what I'm going to do in a second is I'm going to have the team come up and they are going to, uh, at the end of the night, they're going to stand here, about five of them, and ask the Lord to speak to them about people in the room who need a physical or an emotional touch. Because if you've ever been tormented with anxiety, depression, oppression, how many of you have suffered that? 
oh gosh, team, you're going to be here for a while. Uh, but we, we know that. We know what that's like. Uh, I certainly do, and the Lord cares about it. He cares about our dark seasons. And there don't need to be any dark nights of the soul when the light of the world lives inside of you. Amen? So what I want to do uh, prior is to quickly talk to you, because we're going to receive communion, about the power of the blood. I know I did this last Sunday morning. But I do want you, just as a review, to turn your Bibles to Revelation 5. I want your faith high. I want you to look at verses 9 through 10. And just so I can save my voice, uh, Daryl, will you read? (laughs) Inside joke. My father-in-law always used to ask Dion's name, and I'd say, it's Daryl. And he'd throw him, throw him off so bad. He's like, I don't think his name is Daryl. I'm like, no, it is. And he'd get all confused. Would you read verses 9 through 10? Well, very quickly before you start. Holy Spirit, speak to us and show us the beauty of Jesus in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead. And then they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. All right. This verse tells us that number one, by the blood, we've been purchased. Say that, I've been purchased. purchased. That's a big deal. That means you're not your own. Now, in many ways, not in all, in many ways, you are not your responsibility. That's good news. In other ways, you are definitely your responsibility. If you're weird, it's not the Lord's fault. (laughs) It has nothing to do with him. Certain cycles in our lives will never be broken until we take ownership, until we step in and, and actually become a disciple. Now, according to Romans 8, the, the desire of the Lord is to conform us into the image of his holy son, Jesus. This is his great plan. I've said that to you guys so many times, but I want it to be so ingrained in you that you can live at rest no matter the assignment. It's a big deal because once you realize what God's goal is, comparison begins to die. God's goal for you primarily is not limited to you having a large work or ministry or you having a massive business. That might be part of the puzzle, but it is not the overall goal The goal is to conform us into the image of Jesus. Why is that 
the Trinity's great goal for us because Jesus is amazing. I said, Jesus is amazing. Amen? Are you kind of excited or half excited or is it this thing in my ear? All right. Jesus is phenomenal. All right. So that process is called spiritual formation. All right. It is the conforming, the forming of the image of Jesus in us. Now, that process requires cooperation. But it is the work of the Spirit. That's good news. There's nothing you can really do. Well, there's absolutely nothing you can do outside the activity of the Spirit to form yourself into the image of the Lord. It's just not like a human being to turn the other cheek. It's not normal. Right? Uh, For instance, if you are uh, struggling financially, it's not normal to empty your pocketbook. Do they have pocketbooks? Just whatever, scan the QR code. That's not normal. You tracking with me? It's not normal to pray for your enemies. It's not normal to bless those who persecute you. That's not normal. You understand? It's really not normal uh, to the person who doesn't know the Lord to spend the first two hours of your day alone in a room talking to someone you can't see. I mean, or even in the church world, it's not normal to sing to the Lord every week for an hour to an hour and a half. So if that's not normal, we are really abnormal. Okay. But when you come into Christ, it's just like being outside the tabernacle. To the the person who's not hungry, being outside the tabernacle fence, you just see a white square. Just white linen squares are very boring until you cross the gate and you see colors everywhere, beauty everywhere. You understand? Once you're in, it's more than normal. It's beautiful. And that's life in Jesus. So this forming is the work of the Spirit. This is very important. Now, discipleship in many ways is a little different. Discipleship is required if you're going to be formed into the image of Jesus. Now listen up. Discipleship is going to require you making tough decisions. This is where you actually say, I will follow the Lord. In all my years of traveling, I've never had the Lord throw me onto an airplane. (laughs) He's never driven me down I-4 to get to the airport. You're tracking with me? So discipleship is me yielding my will to the Lord who is in front of me, who is the divine master. I love calling Jesus master because it implies that I am a love slave. I love calling him Lord because it speaks to the fact that he owns me. Amen? So you have been purchased. You've been purchased. 
with a price. Let's talk about the price according to Revelation chapter 5. The price is the blood. All right. Now, I would like someone here in the house tonight to place a dollar amount on the blood of Jesus. Is there even a word or a thought? Is there a word in our vocabulary or a thought in our little mind that can describe the value of the blood of Jesus Christ? There is not one. So Peter writes, you haven't been redeemed with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of the Son of God. So what's this have to do with healing? Everything. You'll see it in just a moment. You'll see it in just a moment. Say the blood is precious. Because Jesus is precious. Number one, I'm purchased. All right, you can say it if you'd like. God bless you. <laughs> Number two, we are a kingdom. I talked about this last Sunday morning, but I want it to go deep. We are a kingdom. The blood has made us a kingdom, a people who love the Lord, a yielded people who are under his lordship. All right. We are a certain kind of kingdom. And that's this, this one. Uh, when you get this, a lot more about this environment here will make sense to you. Because some people are like, we don't think you guys should have the reach that God has given you because you guys sing all the time. And we don't understand how singing equals reaching out. We don't understand how worship would cause people to want to come in from all over the world to come into the room. But the Bible says here that we are a certain type of kingdom or kings. We are a kingdom of priests. All right. When I understand that the priestly ministry fuels kingdom ministry, in other words, my worship that is vertical creates a momentum that is outreach that is a combustible combination. Because God is not looking for people to reach out who don't know how to reach up. That thing's long gone. That will wear you down and break your soul. It'll just drain you. If all the only thing you know how to do is reach out and never allow your heart to go up, you'll have no moisture to give when you reach out. So we're a certain type of kingdom. So this kingdom goes horizontal when the heart goes up. My arms, in a sense, the arms of the outreach the Lord has called me to, they extend more widely when my heart goes up to the Lord in worship. I mean, missionaries go, as, as the great servant of the Lord said, uh, missionaries go where worship is not taking place. There's a thought that really needs to die in the church, and it's that we, go, we become intimate with Jesus so that he'll send us out 
to win people. And that theology basically elevates the outreach above the king. What I would say is, is we, we come to Jesus because he's beautiful and he's alive. And then when you're with him, he talks to you and he will tell you to go out and do something. And then you go out and do something only to bring the people and yourself back to the one you met. If we just stop with the outreach, with the souls or the meetings or Jesus 23, if, if that's the reason we are intimate, then we've elevated the outreach above the Lord himself. So if I draw near to Jesus to plant a campus, then I've made campus Lord and not Jesus. Do you understand? So if, if we say that Jesus is all in all and then everything ends and begins with him, then everything must start with him and end with him. In other words, he's the fuel and then he calls me back. That's what he did with Moses. He said, bring the people of Israel back to the mountain. That is what it looks like to be a priestly kingdom. We are a worshiping kingdom. This is powerful and safe. All right? Lastly, number four, we reign. Well, how do we reign? We're not slaves to sin. I said we're not slaves to sin. We're not bound by sin. We don't have to be. You don't need to be if you don't want to be. The only way sin will reign over you uh, for the rest of your life is if you throw in the towel. Well, I should say it this way. If you sin under the truth of the scripture and then live a life that is bound, filled with being bound by sin, the only way that's going to happen is if you willingly disobey or just throw in the towel. But you have enough firepower in the spirit and in the scriptures to be liberated from the grip and power of sin. Thank you, Lord. You say, man, what's this have to do with my healing tonight? Everything, because if the Lord can deal with sin, he can deal with your sickness. I want you to see the thorough work of the blood of Jesus. Say, the blood of Jesus is precious. The blood of Jesus is powerful. Now, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 12, and then we're going to pray. Is this okay tonight? Yes. I am preaching, huh, babe? Yeah, you are. <laughs> I do like preaching. You're gonna, if we go down this road, you're gonna slap your neighbor in the mouth. This is, this is really powerful what we're about to do. I'm just saying, when I get excited, that's how I manifest. I want to grab someone or just, you know. Because this, well, let's just do it. Do we have mouthpieces with our logo on them? All right, verse one, uh, Daryl. Now, I'm going to stop you as I feel to do it, so don't be offended. All right. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Okay, stop. Say, all Scripture speaks of Jesus. All Scripture speaks of Jesus. So is Genesis about Jesus? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. 
Yes. How do you know? Why? Hold on. You just copied my aunt, what I told you. But how do you know? How do you know that all scripture speaks of Jesus? Because Jesus said it did. There you go. Case closed. Jesus told us what the scriptures are about. When you realize Jesus is God, you listen to him. All right. Now, here we see that the beginning of the year starts with this feast that we call the Passover feast. How does this apply to me today? The beginning of my life starts with the blood. I was born in the natural on September 16th, 2003, 1977. What are you laughing at? You're born in 77 too, right? Um, anyways, that's where life began in the natural, but life really began for me in this room. And here we see the Lord, how the Lord determines our beginning. Our beginning is in the blood. Keep reading. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Stop. Is salvation a household promise? You better believe it is. And don't you dare ever fall shy in your prayers. I don't care how far gone they are. You stand on it. You stand on it. You confess it. Well, what happens if they don't get saved? You keep praying. Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns? Your job is to stay faithful. Don't change the channel. Keep the promises of the Lord before him and continue to release them. Keep reading, Daryl. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Well, then now we see God's nature. Is Jesus precious? Yes. Okay, who is the lamb? Say Jesus. Jesus is introduced as the lamb. Here he's introduced as the lamb. Uh, in Isaiah 53, he's introduced as the lamb when John the Baptist graces the shores of the Jordan and then Jesus arrives. And some would even say when the Lord covered uh, Adam and Eve with animal skins that he may have killed a lamb. We don't know for sure. Highly possible here. Say the lamb is precious to Jesus. Or the lamb is precious to the Lord. Okay, say Jesus is the lamb. All right, now, that being said, he is so precious that he refuses to be wasted. So here we see the Lord saying, if there's too much of the lamb for one household, go to another. Don't you love that? Keep reading. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of first year. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day. Okay, stop there. The lamb must be without blemish. Jesus is sinless. He is perfect, the perfect sacrifice. Keep reading, Theo. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. When was Jesus killed? Say at twilight. (laughs) You guys are so smart. Uh, I did tell you to say at twilight, and you said it. That's amazing. But Jesus was killed. (laughs) When was Jesus killed? Say at twilight, twilight. That sounded weird. He was killed at twilight. I want you to see the beauty and the majesty of the Lord's wisdom here. Keep going. 
And then shall you take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Okay, now the Lord, there's two things going on here. Number one, the power of the cross. This is fascinating to me. So you had about three million Jews at the time held captive. So tonight we're about to take communion. It is the meal of deliverance. Like eight of you got it. It's the meal of deliverance. If you want tonight, you're coming out of those chains, you're coming out of Egypt, coming out of the land of slavery, coming out of the land of demonic power, you're coming out. I I didn't come here to play games with you. I came here to see you get a breakthrough. I believe it. I believe the Bible. I believe this book. And the Lord said, I'll honor my word above my own name. I love the name of Jesus. He's chosen to honor his word even above his own name. I believe this book. Do you? Now, here the Lord says, I want you to anoint or smear. That's what the word means in the Hebrew. Smear, rub the two doorposts and the lentil with the blood of the lamb. So every house in a... As, as you've heard before, three million Jews, that is approximately the size of the Orlando Metroplex from Kissimmee to Sanford, from the 417 to the 429. A lot of people. You ever been stuck in a traffic jam around here? How'd you like to be in a camel jam in Israel? Back then. <laughs> yeah, funny. Sorry. You have a lot of people. They had big families back then, let's say possibly between six to 750,000 homes. Huh? In Goshen. In Egypt, technically, but experientially, not really. Did you hear the last part? They were in the world, but not of it. Egypt, Egypt's being judged, stricken with darkness. It's so dark in Egypt, you can't see your hand in front of your face. But the Bible says there's light shining in Goshen, and it's so wonderful there that not even a dog is in lack. God's taking better care of the dogs of Israel than the princes of Egypt. So I don't want to get into like rapture theology or any of that. I'm not even going there. I'll let people debate all that. Whatever. Have, have a blast. But I am saying persecution is promised. Great darkness will cover the earth. But there can be great light shining with God's people. Amen? So here you have the children of Israel in Goshen. And it's lit up. And it's dark in Egypt. And imagine... Seven or eight hundred thousand homes with one big bloody red cross painted over every door. Could you imagine the scene? Imagine hundreds of thousands of homes in a region all having the same cross over the door. That's number one. That the cross is revealed here and the power of the blood. Number two, 
Read the end of that verse, Dion, because this is very important. And put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Hold on. So the lamb is not to be merely admired, but eaten. Oh, that's wonderful. Can we have a Holy Ghost meeting tonight? Some of y'all just send a funeral. Come on. Got something in you? Am I the only one who's childlike in front of the scriptures? There you go. That's how I was preaching at YWAM in Kona, and the Lord was moving, and this little girl from Kentucky, this little redneck girl, she looked at me, she, she shook her head and just went like this. And I thought she was doing a shark thing. Like, and she goes, I said, are you doing a shark motion at me? She goes, there's fire on you, brother. I never forgot it. It was in that tent with you all, Dan. Good to have you here, bro. Honored to have you. Always is. Where was I? Oh. The lamb is meant to be eaten. Consumed. Ingested. Oneness. DNA exchange. At a blood level. Are you getting it? Communion is no small thing. I want you who've come in with a sickness tonight to know in your heart that the moment the elements touch your mouth, the supernatural power of God is about to collide with your mortal body. And the Lord wins. Someone asked a preacher, why do people fall in your meetings? He goes, I don't know. Sometimes God and people meet and God usually wins. <laughs> the lamb is to be eaten, received. Jesus is to be experienced. It's good to admire him. It really is. I mean, you wouldn't want to eat the lamb if you did not think incredibly highly of the lamb. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. The beauty is found in the reception. And I don't know how we got here in the West, but I think reception is confused with mental agreement. I agree that he died for my sin. I'm saved. No. That means the devils would be saved. This isn't about mental agreement. If the Lord wanted us to stop at mental agreement... He would not be the incarnate Lord. He's the one who loves to fill all things with himself. So if there's ourselves out of balance in your body tonight, or pain in your body, the loving Lord, the conquering King, comes in tonight to destroy the chains that hold you. Hallelujah. Keep reading. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Okay, stop. Bitter herbs smell beautiful from a distance. They are difficult to consume. That's lordship. That's death to self. Yay, I'll make Jesus famous. We're part of a Jesus movement. Woo-hoo, look at my shirt. 
I love the merch. We, oh my gosh, we're doing Jesus tour. I'll be at G23. You get see the new beanie. <laughs> Such a great place, and they write messages to you on their little cappuccino cups, and it's just all wonderful. <laughs> just part of this thing called the Jesus people. Have everything. They have the T-shirt, the hoodie, the socks. You got it all. And so, what are you doing? What are you alive for? I'm alive. Do we have socks now? Oh, I hope not. What are you alive for? To make Jesus famous. How are you going to do that? I'm going to post. <laughs> what are you going to post? I don't know. I'm going to find stuff somebody else said. Take their name off it and use it. I'm not sure I want to be the price for a real Jesus movement, so I'll just kind of copy the pattern of the one from the 60s. We'll change our font and the colors. We'll use earth tones and neon writing, and we'll hold up our Crocs and do all the, our Yeezys and all this stuff, and here we come. We're coming. With what? Us. We're, I mean, we are, we've got it. We're just full of us sometimes. Well, that's not the gospel. This lamb is rubbed in bitter herbs. And the thing about bitter herbs is they're luring to the seeker when the lamb is burning. When there is sacrifice in an environment and death to self, the bitter herbs are a beautiful aroma. Ah, so you come and you're led to the tree through God's goodness, through the Spirit. And then... Then the Lord says, now eat them. Eat them. That's what he did to the rich young ruler. Oh, Lord, I've kept all the commandments. Sure. <laughs> oh, really? You kept them all your entire life? I love, I love that Jesus was like, yeah, right. Okay, sell everything. We'll talk about that one later, but sell everything. He got straight to it. That's the bitter herbs. It's the suffering cross. It's the wood-wearing Messiah. The wood-wearing Messiah. The one who comes to die. This is the gospel. He who desires to come after me must first lay his life down. Deny himself. Then take up his cross. Those are the first two levels because they go together. So this is being revealed here. Keep reading, Dion. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. All right, stop. Now the Lord teaches us how to cook the lamb. And the Lord institutes the process by which the lamb is to be cooked. We actually grew up with this. We, uh, when I was a little boy, I remember... My grandmother lived next to her cousin that was like my mom's aunt. There was a courtyard behind my grandmother's house, a concrete courtyard, and there'd be a little lamb back there and with, on a rope, like a leash. And it's just a Greek community. It'd hang out there for months, I remember. And I remember being a little kid and petting the lamb, and, and then Easter would come around, and we had a great meal at midnight, and the pet was gone. <laughs> well, lambs come to die. They're not pets. Huh? 
But the lamb here is to be roasted. And roasting is a slow cook. Jesus' death is a slow death. It wasn't a quick execution. It wasn't a beheading. It was a slow death. To roast something, it is suspended. Lifted. You don't roast something in deep oil. You suspend it in the sky. And in those days, they would have run a pole through the lamb. And the lamb would have been tied to the pole with its limbs extended. Make sense? So when John sees the lamb on the throne in the book of Revelation, as though it had been slain, he is seeing the outstretched cruciform lamb. Christ is the outstretched one. Because this says, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. This is the Christian experience. So when a lamb is slow roasted, it speaks of slow death and one other thing. The lamb darkens. You overcook it, you know, gets that black crust on it. The lamb darkens. This speaks of Jesus becoming sin. Isn't this wonderful? I said, isn't this wonderful? You'll never take communion the same way. Anyone happy tonight? Yes. Okay, keep reading. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals oh, on. Oh, jeez. Wow, I will. I'm about to. <laughs> Listen, you don't get to eat this meal lukewarm. This, this is not an out. Communion is not an outreach. This is a family meal. This is a meal for the redeemed. Read that again. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist and your sandals on your feet. All right, stop. You have to eat this meal ready to go. You don't eat this meal with a, a, a lackadaisical heart. You don't eat this meal while you are sort of comfortable in Egypt. No, because this is a meal of deliverance. So when you eat this meal, prior to even eating it, you put the belt on. That's the belt of truth. You, be, you are children of the light, children of the day, children of the word, children of the scripture. I'm girded with truth that Jesus is who he says he is. I have to eat this meal on my way out of Egypt. That's the posture here. I'm leaving the land of darkness and I'm going to the mountain to worship the Lord. All right? I'm putting my shoes on because I'm not staying here. Because it doesn't make sense to stay where you're at if you ingest the land. Is you getting it? The, the, if you try to sit still taking this meal, this is a metaphor, the meal will snap your spine. This meal is the meal of, it, it moves you out of the land of darkness. And where does sickness dwell? Where does sickness dwell in Psalm 91? Sickness hates coming into the light. 
You get in an atmosphere like this, and the stuff that holds you starts trembling. Where's pestilence found? In darkness. It doesn't mean you're living in sin or in darkness. No, of course not. That's a horrible teaching. But it is to say this, that sickness, stagnancy, disease, mold, mildew, all the nasty stuff lives in darkness. Keep reading. Are you liking this? Me too. And your staff in your hand. The staff speaks of Jesus, the shepherd. The staff being in our hand means Jesus is Lord. When I eat this meal, he tells me where to go. Keep reading. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. There's nothing gentle about the gospel. Who lied to you? You tell me what is gentle about the whipping post. What is gentle about Calvary? What is slow and wise so that I can get to know you as a friend before the power of the gospel? What's slow and wise about the Christ, the King of glory, being stripped naked? That's all the man's wisdom, all this talk. Well, you need to know when you're a Daniel or a Paul. No, 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 no. In season and out, preach the gospel. Well, I'm called to be a teacher. I'm a, you know, I'm an Alabama fan. Fine. If you want to be an Alabama fan, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils. That's what you do. If you're a teacher, preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out devils. If you're a golfer, preach the gospel, pray in tongues, heal the sick, cast out devils. You follow me? This thing isn't gentle. The, 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 the way of the cross is speedy. So the Lord here says, hey, this meal, you better eat it quick. Because I'm about to pass over. I'm about to get you out of here if you want to leave. And I'm moving quickly, so you better eat quickly. So you don't eat this meal going, well... Let me weigh the pros and cons of following Jesus. No, 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 no. No, no. This is the meal for those who are all in. Keep reading. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Who is the firstborn of God? Say Israel. Now the Lord said, you don't give me mine, I'm taking yours. You will lose what you hold on to. That's the gospel. He who holds on to his life shall lose it. He who loses his life shall find it. Keep reading, Dion. Both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Oh, hold on. This is not uh, a justification for believing in many gods. It's just that the Egyptians thought that these demons were gods. So now the Lord said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm taking your firstborn, and secondly, I'm going to embarrass the demon gods of Egypt. So you have ten plagues for their ten major gods, and God absolutely smokes them and annihilates them and makes an open show of them and leaves Egypt as a nuclear waste zone. 
That's what he's going to do in your life tonight. I feel faith. I don't apologize for it. I feel the faith of God. And the, the, there is this side of the Lord, the one who took captivity captive, the one who made an open show of the devil in the underworld, the one who took his possession back and took the keys with his perfection. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Don't we, Judy? We serve a mighty God. Do you know the Bible calls him a man of war? <laughs> Keep reading. Now the blood shall be a sign for you. Stop. Read it again loudly. Now the blood this is, shall I've been waiting the whole night to get here. <laughs> Read it loudly. Now the blood shall be a sign for you. What is the sign? The blood. Read it again. Now the blood shall be a sign for you. The blood is the sign. Not our greatness. The blood is the sign. The blood is the speaking. The blood is that which communicates. Not our own righteousness. Keep reading. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike Stop. the Stop. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. God is coming to execute judgment in Egypt. He looks for the blood, and where he sees the blood, judgment doesn't fall. And then I, notice, I, I want you to notice the connection here between the plague and the judgment of God on, on Egypt. And God sees the blood, and he passes over, and then releases a promise that the plague will not come near them. And so the psalmist recounts that in Psalm 91. The plague will not come near our what? What did God promise to protect from the plague? The dwellings of Israel. Why? Because of the blood. And so tonight, by faith, we're going to apply the blood. I know you've been waiting this whole time. What does the blood have to do with healing? You just read it. The plague will not touch those who are under the blood. And why, why do we get sick? Does it have to do with sin and disobedience all the time? No, of course not. We live in a fallen world. But that's not the point. That's not the point. The point is the power of the blood of Jesus. We could, we could spend the rest of our lives trying to figure out why I, I could, why I couldn't get healed in my voice and why, uh, why I hemorrhaged and why other people have been healed of this and I haven't and all of this stuff, but I've chosen. Uh, Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, said something like, never let what you don't know replace what you do know. Isn't that good? Yes. Never allow what you don't know or understand replace what you do know. And what we know is the blood is powerful. The blood seals us. The blood protects us. The blood has purchased us. The blood has spoken. It has spoken a better word, better than that of Abel. The blood has spoken that we are redeemed. We are protected. We are covered because the blood is an atoning blood. The blood is a hedge, according to Job chapter 1. And the blood brings healing. Amen? Okay, every head bowed, eye closed. Before we receive, I'm not going to call you forward tonight. 
But I want you to hear my voice. I am asking you, as your pastor, if you're visiting, I'm asking you, as hopefully a trusted voice in your life, to not receive communion as you are living in willful disobedience to the Lord. Paul writes that many are sick and have fallen asleep among us because we have not rightly discerned the body and blood of Jesus. And then he goes on to instruct us to examine and judge ourselves so that we would not be judged. This isn't legalism. It's not condemnation. It's love. And if you have not given the entirety of your life to Jesus tonight, you need to. If you're living in willful disobedience, I want to invite you to repent. To repent. You don't want the Lord looking at your house and him not see the blood. And so with every head bowed and eye closed, I just want to say, if there's anybody in the room and you, you, you want to be in right relationship with the Lord and you know you're not right now, I just want you to lift your hand. Then you can put it back down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like us all to stand, please. I saw those hands. Thank you, Lord. Can we just lift our hands to heaven just to keep the flow of the Spirit? The Lord saw those hands. He saw you wanting Him and declaring Him before men. So I want us to all pray. Say this, Heavenly Father, I've sinned against you. I know I have. And now I ask you to forgive me. To wash me clean. To cleanse me with the holy blood of Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your mercy. And I believe today that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. That he died for my sin lived a perfect and holy life that he was buried and raised again on the third day Jesus is the Lord and I repent of my sin I repent of all my wicked ways and I turn from the world and put all my faith in the Lord Jesus Jesus, have all of me and deliver me tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Can we give the Lord praise? Now, for those of you who, uh, for those of you who, who did, uh, just remain standing for a moment, who did raise your hand, we'd love to meet with you after service. You can meet us at the new believers table it would be an honor i want to make sure that you get baptized in water by the way if you've not been baptized in water yet we would love to baptize you maybe you've come to the lord and you've never been we want to baptize you in water and i want to encourage everyone here to uh attend these sunday school classes they're not for little kids by the way i want you to think you're attending class with a six-year-old but these are adult sunday school classes for the foundations of the faith they are powerful they are solid, and it's, it's, it's vital that you understand the truth of the gospel. 
Okay, so be sure to meet with us afterward. Amen? All right, can we give the Lord praise for what he's done? All right. I'd like you just to, to sit back down. We're going to receive communion. You should all have the elements. Does everybody have the elements? If you do not, uh, would you raise your hand, please? Okay. What I'd like to do now is have uh, the team come up, babe. Can you, can you rally them, please? Raul, would you come as well? So I've asked them to ask the Lord if, if uh, he's given them anything regarding what the Lord would like to do tonight regarding healing. Uh, see if the Lord gives them any words of knowledge. And even if, if, if your issue is not called out, um, it doesn't need to be because Jesus is in the room. Amen. So what I'd like to do is just lead us in communion and then the team will minister to you. Just close your eyes once you've opened and uh, just give Jesus your attention. Lord, you promised to be in the room when we gather in your name, your word says, where two or three gather in my name, I am there, even in the midst of them. Can we just put his name on our lips for a moment? Say, Jesus, just again, one more time. Lord, we know you're here. So we do ask you to forgive us and cleanse us, wash us, we sinned against you and we know it. And we ask you to go to the deepest place and purge us. We don't treat this meal as common, Lord. You said, take, eat, this is my body that is broken for you. Do this often in remembrance of me. When you took the cup, you, you said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it. It's shed for the remission of sin. So tonight we we don't treat this as being a mere wafer and grape juice. We thank you for your promise. You said this is my body. And so tonight as one family we lift, we lift the bread because you were lifted on the cross. Church, I just want to invite you to, with the eyes of your heart, as the scripture says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see the Lord. See Jesus just lifted on that tree, broken and bleeding, torn for us. And you told us to eat of the lamb. So tonight we break the bread. Let's break it together. Because you were torn, you who are one, you were torn, so that we who are many might be one in your glory. And now I pray, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, that every weak body, every sickness, every cancer, every cyst, every tumor, 
every disease, every mental pain and anguish, every broken heart, everybody who feels the weight of depression and anxiety and fear. I pray that the moment, the moment this bread touches our mouth, that the power of the Holy Ghost would go through your people as they put the belt of truth on now and as their feet wear sandals to leave. Thank you for this meal of deliverance. Thank you for the body of the Lamb of God that is the meal that heals us all. And we receive by faith wonderful Savior. In Jesus' name, receive. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And the scripture teaches that they would sing hymns on that night, Passover, because you can't receive without worshiping. Praise just leaps in our souls. Would you take the cup? And Lord, it is the blood that makes a covering, that is an atonement for the soul. And your word says that without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission, no removal of sin. I thank you for dealing with our weakness at the root. Oh, the blood goes deep. And the blood goes deep tonight. You said this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood that is shed for you for the remission of sins. Wash us. Cleanse us, cover us, empower us, hedge us in. A guarded enclosed is my sister, your word says. Close us in, keep us from the world, and liberate your people now. Let the power of darkness leave as they receive this precious meal. In Jesus' name, receive. Oh, hallelujah. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.